Good morning, and welcome to SJL Daily. I'm Lisa Bond, and today we're reading Romans 2. After Paul unleashes on the unrighteous in chapter 1, some might be feeling pretty smug about their spiritual condition. After all, we're not murderers or slanderers and God-haters. We're pretty good moral people, but not so fast. Let's start reading in verse 1. Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. This is the word of the Lord. So if they were thinking of comparing themselves with the big sinners in chapter 1, Paul's not going to let them do that. It is so much part of our nature to look at others and compare. We compare houses and cars and jobs, education, the success of our children if we have them. And why do we do that? Well, of course, we're sinners, and we're trying to gain some advantage to make ourselves look not just better, but the best. We always want to be winning. Paul's words here would apply to both Jews and Gentiles alike, to all mankind. We all have this sinful condition that we'll read more about in Romans 3.10 and 3.23, verses that I'm sure you're very familiar with. Our fallenness causes us to look more to our superiority than to our sin. We were once staying at an Airbnb out in California that was used as the filming location for a TV drama, and the owner told us that the crew was working on a romantic scene, and the male actor was so worried that he had bad breath that he was sucking mints down like there was no tomorrow. And that made me think, bad breath is something that some have, but grave breath is something that we all have. I don't want to jump ahead too much, but in chapter 3, verse 13, it reads that their throat is an open grave. We don't want to seek after God, to follow Jesus on our own. He rescues us from ourselves. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Phil shared a song with the staff, and I'm sure you're familiar with, I have decided to follow Jesus. Well, imagine these words with the same tune. I never wanted to follow Jesus. I never wanted to follow Jesus. I never wanted to follow Jesus. He rescued me. He rescued me. No turning back. No turning back. Let's jump over to Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, where Paul wrote this. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So we can be incredibly and eternally thankful to God that even though we never wanted to follow Jesus, he rescued us. Let's look at another part of Romans 2, reading verses 17 to 24. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law, And if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? 
You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. This is the word of the Lord. So there are religious people of the day, obviously, whom Paul is addressing, but it has strong application for us as well. How often do you think of our country um, and how it's falling apart? Political division, abortion, crime, um, college is teaching anything but the truth. And the latest hot-button issue, transgenderism, including biological males competing in women's sports. Again, we can get pretty smug that we aren't involved in anything like that. And even though we should pray for the gospel to shine its beautiful light into these people, issues, and institutions, how often do we look at ourselves in the mirror and admit that we need the gospel every single day? The Jewish people then could not rely on their advantages to save them, though they were many. And we can't rely on religious practices now to save us. Our heads must acknowledge the truth Our hearts must fall in love with Jesus Christ and receive in faith what he has done for us at the cross. And our lives and the Spirit must reflect the reality of what has happened. Only through what Jesus Christ has done can we stand righteous and redeemed before God. It will not be leading moral lives or feeling spiritual highs or showing up at church. Not one thing we do can save us. Remember, we were dead in our sins, not a little sick, not in the ER on life support, but actually dead. So that should be enough to humble us to preach the gospel to ourselves daily and come to him in repentance. Let's pray. Father God, we owe you everything, but must confess that we often think you owe us a lot of things. Comfort, good relationships, save family members. Help us to repent not only of this arrogance, but of every sin that the Spirit brings to mind. Lead us in the path of Jesus. No turning back. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.